know, last year we started the year on Wednesday nights talking about uh, discernment and uh, how important it is for us as believers to be able to discern the truth and be able to discern what God is speaking and be able to, to hear and listen and be able to discern the spirits and the, the intentions of people and, and all of those things. And, you know, as we go into a new year in 2014, it's, it's every bit as important to be able to do that as it was in the beginning of 2013. But we're, we're going into a place, I believe, that as we go forward, it takes a lot of faith. And, and the message or the series over these next Wednesday, few Wednesday nights will be f- uh, faith to go forward. And it, it takes a, I, if, you're, if you're here and you've been saved for like six months and your faith is just starting to grow and just starting, that's great. It's going to grow. It's going to stretch. It's going to be bigger. If you're here and you've been, you've been saved for six years or 60 years, your faith still grows. It doesn't get to a place where it just stagnates. You, you either go, you're going backwards or you're going forwards. And we're going to go forward. And when we go forward, it, it, it takes great faith. It takes great focus. And we have to hang on and we have to push through. And there are hard times in different things. And, you know, when Pastor Bill was talking about uh, the outreach in March, I, I remember when we came back uh, from, from Sudan in 2011. Uh, it, it was March then, too, I think, in 2011. It was my first time. And I'm going to share just a little bit about it maybe here at the end. But I remember when we came back, and it was going to be our second putt-putt. And uh, Pastor Bill came up that morning, and he was sharing just what, what happened in the trip and was excited. And he said, we're going to raise $100,000 for the South Sudan. And I just went, huh, okay, that's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, when, when God speaks those things to you and he drops those things in your heart, you, you have to be able to trust him in such a way to, to know that you, have, you go after it with all of your heart. And uh, in, in money or in cash or in things that happened uh, that came into this building, it wasn't 100000 But if you look at all the things that were done because of that outreach from other churches and other people that got involved, it was 100000 And it may not look like you have exactly what you need right now, but just trust God and know that he will bring those things to pass. But it's going to take some serious, I think, this year, some serious, devoted, focused effort to follow after him for your faith to grow. We, 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 we know all the reasons why we shouldn't believe. We know all the reasons why it shouldn't work. Don't look for reasons why it's going to fail. Don't look for reasons why it won't work. Look to the Lord and look to the Word for all the reasons that it will, because He's faithful. And uh, on Sunday, uh, our daughter Rachel uh, had to be back to Butler, uh, to school, and uh, we tried to get her to go on Saturday, but she loves being at home and didn't want to leave. And so she wanted to go on, on Sunday. So she sent me a text right at the end of first service and said, should I come to church and then go to school? And I said, no, you should go to school. I mean, we all want her to go to church, but it's, you need to go. Like, like pack, pack your car and leave uh, because it's, it's not going to be pretty. And uh, well, she said, I don't know what to do. So Elizabeth said, well, I'll drive. So Elizabeth went home uh, and, and got her and just started heading down the highway in the middle of all of that that was building. While we were having church first service, second service, third service, the world was changing uh, on the outside. And uh, it was different than it was 7.30 in the morning when I got here from, you know. So uh, she went, and I said, well, I'm going to have to go. I mean, I have to go too. So Pastor Bill said, hey, I'll do the offering. Why don't you go and, like, leave now? So I left at the end of second service. To, but I had to go home, pick up the rest of her stuff, and, and, then, and then follow Elizabeth. You know, she was on her way, and I was on my way. And, and all along the road, it was dangerous. I mean, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't 
I would not recommend it. I called my cousin, who's a, who's a sheriff's deputy, and said, which road do I take, 65 or 52? And he said, neither, go home. And I said, I, I, I can't, Rod. <laughs> Elizabeth, can't, she can't live in the sorority, so I got to go get her, man. And he said, well, good luck, cuz. You shouldn't be out driving. So, I, okay, thanks. So I, 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 but it was, it was not, it was not safe. Uh, one of the, one of the probably not brightest moments of, of our lives in, in doing this. And you know, you know, you always figure that out about halfway. You know, as soon as I left here, it wasn't horrible. And uh, you got to Frankfurt, it wasn't that bad. But just this set of Lebanon, Elizabeth called and said, hey, hey, when you get to Lebanon, be careful, there are cars everywhere. And there were occasionally a car here, a car there, and a truck over that way, and people, you know, in the ditches. And, but when I almost got to Lebanon, it was, it, it looked like a disaster. There were cars everywhere. It, but I couldn't look at them. Because if I looked at them, that's where I was going to end up. And my total focus had to be like, you know how, that, 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 how exhausting that is, you know, when you can't hardly see anyway, and you're, you know, you're, yeah, you just did it last night, didn't you, Mark, on the way to get your kids? You know, it's just, your eyes are bleeding, and everything looks like a deer or a car, and, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on, and brakes are coming, and the brakes aren't going, and, but I couldn't, fo- I wanted to see. I wanted to look and find out, like, how'd that guy get over there? How'd that guy get up that tree? There was one, when I got to Indy, where it splits off, that literally was backwards and somehow up half a tree. And now that one I did get to watch because the traffic was stopped because everybody was watching. So I'm just thinking, how did, how did you do that? And the person's in the car. Just sitting there. The cop's out there, you know, he's, he's getting a record or whatever. But I'm just, what is going on? But, the, but the, other than that, when the traffic was stopped, when I was moving... I had to pay attention to right here. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't look to the left. I couldn't look to the right. I really had to, to focus on, on where I was going. And uh, picked up Elizabeth and, and came home. It was about a four-and-a-half-hour ordeal to go from here to, to north side of Indy and back. I mean, it, it's usually a 50-minute trip both ways. So it, it took forever. And, uh, it, but I was, as I was praying about faith and about what it took, and you know, God said, well, that's the kind of focused effort. That's the kind of faith that you're going to have. I didn't have any doubt that I wouldn't get there. I didn't have any doubt that I wouldn't get home. There was a lot of fear involved, but I didn't listen. I just continued to go forward. And I knew that every mile that I went was another mile I didn't have to go anymore. <laughs> and so I, just, I kept going that direction. Last year is over. And, and, you know, there are opportunities that will happen this year, too. It's, last year is just not the only year of opportunity. There will be opportunities for us this year, too. But it's going to take faith to really push through and to get to that place. And so I just wanted to encourage you to talk a little bit about faith. And in, in Hebrews 11, chapter 1, we, we know most of us know this scripture. And if you're here and you're new to the word, you can, you can look it up and you, and you can read it. I'll throw out a bunch of scriptures, I think, tonight as we go through here. So you can write them down and go home. And uh, I talk kind of fast. And so if I, if I pass you know, buy something, you can go home, look it up, find out what that scripture is. Sorry, I'm a little uh, <clears throat> over, over, over the sickness and over the stuff, so I'm, I'm healed. But it says in, in Hebrews 11, 1, this is the thing about faith. Faith is really ultimately believing. And, and you have to know what you believe. You know, like when Pastor Bill said that day, that we're going to raise $100,000. And I thought, holy smokes, last year was like 50. And now this year it's 100. And, uh, God, you're going to have to do something because I don't have $100,000 and you don't have $100,000. And wow, if you do, let us know. But if you don't, you know, there are all these reasons why it won't and can't. 
But faith is the substance of things hoped for, it says, and the evidence of things not seen. You know, it's, it's the title deed, man. It is the thing that says you have that. The things that God has promised in your word, in his word, the things that he has spoke to you by the Holy Spirit, believe it. Believe it. We are called Christians, but we're also called what? Believers. Why? Because we believe in him. When you come to Christ, and this, the, Pastor Pam prayed a prayer for us earlier when we were in communion, that we would come, that, that, was, the, that was the prayer, that we were going to become one with Christ. And when you do that, you, you believe. And there's something that happens, and it says, just like she talked about, Ephesians 2.8 says, that we come to him, and we are saved by grace, but it's faith. You have to believe. It's a free gift, but you've got to believe it. And, and, and you may know things that are true, and you know, you've got teenagers, and you try to tell them what the truth is, and they just won't believe you. You've got people who you've shared the gospel with who just won't believe you. Your kids are going to find out the hard way, just as somebody out there in the world is going to find out the hard way. They should have believed you. And you know, I mean, I, I should believe more. I, there's more for me. But as we go through this, the word faith, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's not a, not a big deal, but it's a strong belief in something for which there is not proof. It's a strong belief in something for which there's not proof. Not just a strong belief, but a strong belief in something that we can't necessarily put our hands on or get a hold of. Salvation. Is there, is there proof? Uh, there are people who have gone to heaven and come back and written books and told stories about it, but you still got to believe them. You don't get, you know, like we say, you don't get a badge in the mail uh, when you get saved. You know, there's not the robe of righteousness that UPS delivers, you know, when you get it out and you put it on and say, hey, I'm clothed with the robe of righteousness now. Hey, I'm saved. No, it's a, bearing of, it's a bearing of witness in your spirit that says, I am saved. Now, nobody can talk you out of that, hopefully, because you believe it. Well, then we have to begin then to go forward and, and continue to grow in our revelation of the word of God so that our faith will continue to grow. Otherwise, we begin to stagnate. And that's, that's not a good place to be. In the Greek, it really is talking about that word pistis for faith is conviction and confidence and trust. It's belief and it's reliance on. And it's implied really in the word that it's reliance upon God. But you're relying on, I mean, I can't go the rest of the day without God showing up. I couldn't, man, I, was, I, I prayed a lot on the way to Indian back. Um, my radio doesn't work on my car, so I, I'm the only noise I make. And I made a joyful noise, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, all the way down there. It was a, a joyful noise. You know, God, you've got to get me there. This is, this is important. You know, because faith is beyond, I mean, it's it beyond you. It's not something that you can do. You know, it looks like $30,000 or $25,000 in March is a lot of money. But listen, people begin to line up. God begins to put things in place. But you have to believe it. And not just you have to believe that there's $30,000 or $25,000 or whatever that is, but Pastor Bill had that word, so he, I mean, he has to believe that. Just like the 100000 a couple years ago. Had to believe it. We had to get on board and believe it with him. We had to get on and continue to pray, and we had to continue to fight, and we had to continue to spiritually stand guard and do those things by faith. But along the way, there were pieces, and there were parts, and there was a $10,000 check, and then there was this, and, there, and somebody, something fell through, but something else came through that we didn't know about, and there are all those things. So as you go forward in this year, realize you have to go forward in faith. And that faith is the currency that heaven works on. I mean, that's how you receive everything. 
You don't receive anything. I mean, I know it says that it's a free gift, but listen, you've got to believe. There's got to be faith. You have to spend your measure of faith. You have to spend your faith to receive what God has for you. It's, it's like currency. There's no way to have what God wants you to have without standing in faith. I don't know really if I want something in my life that I didn't have to believe God for because the things that you have to believe God for are God things, not just good things. And some of you are here and you, you know, you're, you're new with the word and you're new with this message of faith. And I just encourage you, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's Romans ten seventeen. And so when people say, you know, how does my faith grow? Well, continue to get in the word of God. Continue to pour into this. Continue to have God speak to you. Get to the point where you discern and know his voice, where you spend time with him, where you become intimate in that relationship, where you know that he's speaking to you, that he's showing you things, that as you read the word, things jump off the page at you. And then you begin to believe those things. You begin to write them down like it says in Habakkuk chapter 2. That's that first step of faith, I believe. It's not just hearing the pastor or the preacher say something. It's, It's not necessarily just reading it in the word. It's that attaching to it. That causes faith to grow. Because it, it, it says in the word that there are a lot of people who know more word than they were talking in the word. There are a lot of people who know word and nothing happens. Joe over here knows the word. Nothing's going on. Bill over here knows the word. Everything's happening. What's the difference? Bill's applying the word that he knows. Faith. It may not make any sense. And if it does make sense, I would go back and ask God if you've got it right. Because <laughs> You can't make sense of $100,000 to come from March to July uh, when we just did $50,000 the July before. You, you know, it's, you tap the springs, and like Bill said, pat, pump, pump the, prime the pump. What did we said, prime the pump. So we, we, we did that, and we squeezed our melons and our juices, and we got everything, and then we came back and said, we need to squeeze the juices some more. Uh, but God did it. See, there's, there's a pushing through, there's a moving through. And that writing that thing down that God's speaking to you or showing you. And I believe that it's going to be something that you're going to do most days. I'm not, I'm not just saying that your faith's going to grow over a year period and that's going to be one big lesson that you learn. I think you're going to have like lots of lessons. Lots of opportunities for your faith to grow. Lots of opportunities to step out. I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And I've shared these things before, but seven things really that you can do that I I don't know where this came from. I don't remember if I read it or what, but I've been teaching it and overcoming faith for a long time. But seven things that we can do to increase our faith. They all revolve around the word because faith comes by hearing. There's nothing that you're going to get. You're not going to get faith from some book that somebody else wrote that doesn't talk about the word. It's got to have word principles. It's got to have scripture. It's got to be based on the word. It's got to be by the Holy Spirit. It has to be right. You can read it. You can memorize it. You can speak it. You can meditate it. You can listen to it. You can respond to it and act on it. Those are like seven things that mean you read it and you memorize it and you run it through. I've got a lot of people who say, you know what? I can't memorize scripture. Why not? Remember a few years ago, man, this is long, it's about four years ago, I played songs from like 20 years ago, and everybody could sing every word. Jailhouse Rock, man, everybody was on it, knew all the words. How, how come we can remember Jailhouse Rock, but we can't remember James 3, 4? You know, you can't. You, can. you just have to meditate it. You just have to roll it over. 
And now you have, with the advent of the, of the, the tablets and the phones and everything else, you just have to know a few words and you can find it. But continue to roll those things over. Why? Because faith comes by hearing the word. Your faith should do five things. Your faith should see. You should be able to see it. Have you ever had that? You know, have you, do you see what I see? Do you see this thing happening? Should be able to visualize. And that's a little different than seeing, I think, because that's more visionary. That's more seen into the future and vision. Faith can believe and faith can speak and faith can act. Faith, faith is an active action thing. And when you're here and you're thinking, that's awesome, but you don't know where I live. You don't know what's going on. No, man, you're God's best. No different than me. This is the deal with faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. Is there a jet over there? Your kids will be back sometime soon. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. But Romans 12.3 says we've all been given a measure of faith. We've all been given this. So what are we going to do with this measure that we've been given? We are a part of his family. If you are are a child of God, you are a part of his family. And now you have been hooked into a place where God wants to take you into a new season. But you're going to have to increase your faith. You can't go there looking backwards. I couldn't get to Indy looking in the rearview mirror and looking at all these cars that were going left and right and all this stuff. Because if I did, I wasn't going to make it there. I'd end up in the ditch. I was concentrating on the guy in front of me who had a Wisconsin license plate. I figured that guy knows how to drive in the snow. And so I followed him as we went. There were three Penske trucks that I started off, and then I thought, you know what? Those things blow up sometimes. I'm not going to follow that. And a guy from Wisconsin drove by, and I said, that guy knows what he's doing. I don't, but I'll follow the guy who does. And so I just got in the lane and followed him almost all the way to Indy, just cruised right with him. I'm telling you, you may not know what you're doing, but God does. Follow him. He'll have a bumper sticker that says, I found it. (laughs) Or I am it. I don't know, one or the other. But I've done bad things. You've been redeemed from the curse. In Galatians, it says so. That Christ became a curse curse for you so that you wouldn't have to be. But you've got to believe that. How many of you you know people who just, their head's down all the time? They're saved, but their head's down. Hey, get your head up. Why? Because you've got to have hope. You've got to know that Jesus is your hope. Because you can't have faith without hope and you can't grow. Unless you have that hope, get your head up. Well, I've done so many. Hey, let me tell you what. God's made you a new creature in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17. 521 says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ because he gave his life for you and he gave his life for me. We're joint heirs with Christ. You know what that means? That means you have all the things that he has. All the, all the victory. That's what we learned, right? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. First Corinthians chapter 15. He gave us that victory. We are joint heirs with him. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. And now we have to believe it. So that's where we kind of like the rubber meets the road. We wish it. We wish it were true sometimes. We wish we were like that. We wish it was that good. It is. You may not, again, you may not look around. I don't look around and see everything that God's shown me. I don't look around our house and see all the things that I think that God has told us we would have or be or do or whatever. But when I look outside, I see all the people who are out there that God said, take care of these people. Well, that increases my faith that God will take care of me. All I got is keep going forward. There were lots of things that I see or have today or that I do today that I never had done before. 
Impossible shouldn't be part of our deal. Impossible doesn't go with faith. Now, faith is asking you to stretch out into the impossible, but things are only impossible until somebody does it. Nobody could break that four-minute mile until Roger Bannister did it. But then once he did, then like everybody did. It became the standard. If you couldn't beat that, you weren't anything. But for all of these years, it was impossible. You couldn't do it. It couldn't happen. But see, when somebody did it, then everybody else could come right behind him and say, I believe that I can. I believe it's possible. You may be the first guy through the door. You may be the second guy through the door. But I'm telling you, get through the door by faith. You have to push through this thing. You have to believe what God says to you. Do you you think he doesn't know what he's talking about? I mean, do you think he doesn't? We, we would say if we took a poll or we took a test and I gave you all a piece of paper, do you believe that God knows all about you and that he would never ask you to do anything that with him you couldn't do, that was for your harm, that was destructive in your life? Oh, I don't know when he's going to take me to the new places. Great. Then follow him and believe it. Right? That's what we do. We, uh, we stop. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, says that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Grab hold of his ways and grab hold of his thoughts. You have the opportunity, just like I do, to be like Jesus every day in this earth. So that's a little audacious. That's the truth. The word says so in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. It says, listen, if, if you really are a child of God, if you're somebody who's coming after him, if you're somebody, it says in verse 3, now by this that we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now it takes faith to do that. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't follow his word and his will for my life on my own. It always, it always is beyond me. But it says, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are all in him. And it says in verse 6, he who says he abides in him, Christ, ought himself also to walk just as Christ walked. So it's possible for us to do that. We can walk like Christ. We shouldn't have lack in our life. There's abundance for us. In Matthew chapter 7, He says, you know, the ask, seek, and knock, and it'll be open to you and all those things. But it goes on and says, hey, whatever you have need of, man, just ask. I've got it for you. You know how to give good gifts to your own children. Do you not think that I would not give you the good gifts that you need and desire in your life? But you've got to believe it. You have to believe it. And I know sometimes this seems a little wacky, and there have been a lot of people over the years that have kind of got this this name it, claim it, weird stuff going on and some different... This, this, this is the truth of the word of God. You believe what he says, you follow him, you act on his word, you will be blessed and he will be faithful and you will see it. There's a growing period, there's a seed period, there's a reaping period, there's all of those things in it. It's not necessarily just going to be this walk down the golden brick road, smelling roses all the way. You're going to have to put your, roll your sleeves up and you're going to have to get to work because the things you're going to have to do are going to be beyond you. You're going to have to, I'm telling you, new revelation, new, trust God that every week of this year, he gives you a new revelation. 52, that's not very many. How many of you know the whole Bible front and back? I, I don't know. How many of you have read the same scripture four times and in over four, four years, you got new revelation out of that scripture? But you got to believe it. You got to grab hold of it by faith. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on. He knows what you need. 
It says, feed on his faithfulness in Psalms 37. Feed on his faithfulness and he will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't always mean a, a, a shiny BMW and a whatever else. It doesn't always mean that you have the job you wanted to have or you have the, the things you thought you would have or all of it. It's not, it's not about that. It's about him bringing his will into your life. Because it says in Romans 12, right, chapter 2, that as we meditate the word of God, as we roll it over in our head, not only will we be transformed and changed, but we'll understand and know and we'll be able to receive the perfect will of God. That's when your desires begin to go with his desires, like Pastor Pam said. Not mine, but yours be done. I've had to let go of some things that I really liked. But you know what? As I, I fought with it forever, you've probably done the same thing. I'm not the only one that holds on to things when I should have let go. But I fought for it, and I, I, I knew it should be gone. And, and for me, one, one of the areas was, was coaching boys golf. And I, I wouldn't quit, and I wouldn't quit, and I wouldn't quit. But I knew God said to. I knew God said to, but I didn't want to. So I just tried to work harder. Why would you try to work harder to keep a rotten lemon in the pack? Get rid of it. Right? It's not going to bless you if it's not what God has. So let go of it. And then well, you can't let go because you don't know what to grab hold of yet because there's nothing there, but you've got to let go of this thing first before he shows you this thing. Believe it, faith. That's what it takes, right? But for many of us, I think when we begin to look at faith, it begins to look really risky. And so we, we, we will stay like four steps from the edge. Elizabeth, when, we, when I first met her, She's still like this. She will stand on the edge of the Empire State Building and look over. She doesn't care. Oh, freaks me out. I wet my pants every time. But we were, she was showing me West Virginia. She's from West Virginia. So she's showing me all these mountains and hollers and all these things that they, you know, uh, hollas, hollas, hollers. Okay, the hollers and the mountains and all these things. And so she took me to this place where they used to go and do things. And, and, but it was like walking through this path and these things. And then all of a sudden, like, there was nothing there. I'm hanging on to a tree. I'm not going near that thing. And she's like, no, no, come here. Look down here. Oh, no Stay over here where it's safe. That's very risky. You shouldn't be out there. Back here where it's safe. See, that, that's sometimes the way we are with faith, with the word, with God's will for our life. We don't, we don't necessarily want to step out there. And we don't necessarily want to risk. Listen. If God said it and he's taking you that direction, it's not a risk. It's a sure thing. It may look risky in the natural, but it's not risky. There may be fear, but listen, stir up the gift. Pastor Bill said Second Timothy when he was talking about no spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Right before that, he encourages, Paul encourages Timmy to do what? Stir up the gift, Tim. Roll it up on the inside. Why? Because it begins to build you in your most holy faith. As I pray in the Spirit, it builds me up in my most holy faith. Why? So I can dispel fear because faith and fear are opposites, and I can grab hold of what he has. There will be lots of opportunity to be afraid this year. There were last year. But I believe, you know, it's only getting darker. There's going to be a whole lot more as we go forward. Fear distorts your vision, and it holds you captive. But faith presents vision and sets you free. 
See, there's two, there's two sides to that. Fear distorts your vision. It messes it up. It messes with your head. You don't see things right. And it holds you captive and it paralyzes you. But faith brings vision into your life. And with vision, you won't perish, right? Without vision, my people perish. So it brings that vision and it sets you free. You flourish. So no reason to walk in fear. No reason to be afraid. No reason to be scared. Worry really is just faith in the negative. You're trusting in the unpleasant. It's an assurance of disaster. And it's actually belief. Belief in defeat. A believer has to live in risk. I make, if you're on the CD or you're listening online, I'm making those funny rabbit ear quote things. Risk. Right? You have to be out on the edge. You have to step out into whatever's out there. It's not going to be a, a safe land. It will be safe, but there's not going to be a safe landing place for you until you step out. Right? Remember the fake bridge in the Indiana Jones movie? Where you, it didn't look like anything, but you kick the rocks and you step out there and it's there. And then they went inside and he told one you choose wisely and he told one you didn't choose wisely. Choose wisely. But you've got to step onto that bridge first before you ever get to make that choice. Spiritually, really, you don't have to step out. Faith-wise, you have to step out and, and take a risk. When Peter was on the water in Matthew chapter 14, it's verses 25 through 31. We don't have really time to, to read that whole passage, but go home and read that, that passage. They were, they're, in, they're in the boat in Matthew chapter 14, and, and Jesus comes walking up to them in the midst of this, of this storm, and the waves are going, and the winds, and the, all this is probably lightning. And these guys, are, these, these guys are people who have been on boats before. They've probably been out in a little rain. They've probably been out in a storm. These are, these are very seaworthy men, and they're freaked out, scared. They don't know what to do. And they see Jesus coming. They think it's a ghost. But Peter says, hey, if it's you, then tell me to get out of this boat. I want to come. Now, listen, it's stepping out right into that unknown. You have, it's, a, it's risky in the natural. See, it's supposed to be, a, there's nothing there. Peter gets out of the boat. He's never walked on water before. Can you walk on, I mean, is anybody, can you walk on water? You sink. But because Jesus said come, faith rises up on the inside of him and he jumps out of the boat and he starts to walk to Jesus. But then in the midst of all this turmoil and these things, he begins to look to the left, the right. He sees all this stuff and he begins to sink. It's the same thing as driving to India in the middle of a snowstorm. If you look to the left, you look to the right, you're going to end up in the ditch. Because you will go where you see. I did bad stuff. There we go. But you know, when Jesus reached out and he grabbed him, he pulled him up a little bit. And he said, oh, you of little faith. In the Message Bible, it was different. It says, faint heart, what has gotten into you? You know, can you imagine, like, yeah, what happened? Come here, it's all right. Let's get back in the boat, and let's keep going. Whew, let me do this, this will be better. Look at those guns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any guns. Oh, man, come on. I don't have any guns. There's, there's no, no real guns here. But <laughs> I have negative guns. <laughs> I'm out of ammo. But it says that this little faith thing is, 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 is it's not like he's making fun of him. He, he's wanting to encourage him. Oh, now I've got to use my hands. 
Now we're all in trouble. So I'll use this. But he's, he's trying to encourage, saying, look, you just don't have enough trust. You just don't have enough confidence. Come on, stay with me. What was he doing with the disciples as he walked them through all of those miracles and all those things, all of those teachings about the kingdom of God, all of those teachings about faith? What did he mean? I mean, he told him in Mark chapter 11, have faith in God, fellas. Come on, you got to have faith. Have faith in God, folks. you got to have faith. If you want to get to the end of this year, if you want to get to the end of this month, if you want to get to the end of this week, you got to have faith. Faith has to grow. It has to begin to, 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 to stretch on the inside. There has to, there's, there's places where you're holding on and you're fighting and you, you have your shield. and The shield of what? Faith. That if I go down, I go down with my faith. If you want to know if you really believe or not, it's this thing that says, I believe it even if I don't see it. If I'm sick and I die sick, I still believe I'm healed. That, that's, when you know, that's when you know that thing is, is on the inside. That's when you know that you really, you believe what God said. That even in the midst of it, that even, even when it's starting to get all over you and when your body's starting to fail and things are, you're still saying, I am healed. God's going to heal me. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am following after him. His word is true. He will be faithful whether I see it or not. Everything's possible to him who believes. Mark 9, 23. It's this having trust and confidence. Believe is the opposite of what what Jesus was saying, really, to Peter in that situation. Ye of little faith. He said, you don't have enough confidence. You don't have enough trust. But believe, the word believe, talks about having great confidence and having great trust. Such a trust that my obedience follows what I believe. That I trust you with my life. And so if you lead me down this path, I will follow. Where you lead me, I will follow. Faith. When we were in the Sudan that first time, um, in 2011, for me it was the first time. Uh, it, was, it was probably the most dangerous place that I've ever been. You could have died 50, 50 ways. Probably a hundred. Everything there could kill you, including those kids at the orphanage. I'm sure, if push came to shove, you would probably they would probably snap you in half. But I mean, there was there was there's snakes and spiders and guns and things and stuff. And but listen, if that's where God has for you to be, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that He says go to India and pick them up, if He says go to the Sudan and be in that place, you gotta know that's not risk. It takes faith. It looks like risk in the natural. People say, oh, it's, you know, I mean, you're risking everything. I'm not risking anything because that's where God wants me to be. And so I had to go, I had to change my attitude because I'm not a little nilly-willy person, but all the things I don't like were there. <laughs> all the things I might have a tendency not to uh, uh, be interested in, they were all there. I had to eat things that were interesting. After the third day of eating the fish, Brad finally said, hey, don't eat that. They don't have a refrigerator. I was like, Poh. but it's the same fish. He said, I know, just, it's done now. <laughs> There's no risk. It was, it was a, a great experience. God did great things. There was all kinds of stuff that happened. God moved, but God changed me just as he changed the people who were there. And, and there was great growth. But you had, you had to go. You had to get on the plane, and you, and you had to go. But I'm telling you, if God says go, go. If God asks you to, to open a door this year, open a door. If he tells you to, to do something in somebody else's life, 
Do it. If he asks you to say something, say it. If he asks grandma and grandpa to have church in the assisted living facility because nobody else is there, but the word has to be preached and somebody needs to pray and there has to be somebody worshiping and there, there has to be... Listen, it's an important time. It's an important season. Will, will you 90, 92, will you do it? It takes faith. My grandpa, I'm telling you, he prays sometimes on the finance committee and he'll pray. And when he prays, he cries. Because there's a great love for God and there's a great passion. There's an anointing on the inside of him. That when, it, when he begins to open up, he's 90. Then he was 91. Then he's 92. And I'm telling you, it's the same as when he was 85. He's learned over these years to say, okay, God, where you take me? I'm going to follow you. His faith has grown. And it's begun to, now, in the last years of his life, he's getting extra opportunity in a place where he never thought he'd probably get it. That's you this year. You're going to get extra opportunity in places where you never thought you'd get it. Extra opportunity. Extra chance. Extra open door. When you didn't think there was even going to be one. What looks like a dead end, when you get to the end, God will have a new turn and a new road. There aren't cul-de-sacs when you follow God. Everything's a throughway. Right? No cul-de-sacs. You're going through. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.